Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. What does the word disruptive mean to you? It means going beyond the ordinary, going beyond the status quo. Not thinking in the conventional way, not just sort of following the herd. Disruptive means shaking things up, you know? Disruptive entrepreneur is somebody who sees the problem and embraces the problem with a new way. Shake up and awakening. Quality will take care of itself and you'll go from being disruptive but also profitable. When you use your own reservoir of talent, when you love what you do, then you disrupt. Mix it up, change it up and dominate. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob Moore here. Now, I am gobsmacked how few people realize that the answers to their business problems, creating the ideal products and services and solutions for their ideal clients, the answers are right under their nose, hidden in plain sight, and they don't do these two basic things. What I'm about to tell you is so simple that You're not going to go, wow, Rob's a genius for telling me this. You may well kick yourself for not doing it. And if you have done it before, you're probably not doing it enough. It also justifies the time that you spend on social media, the time that you give away to your clients, followers, fans and um, and leads that you're building in your sales and business pipeline. Um, So it has like a double win of fixing your problems solving your clients' problems, and then the triple effect of completely leveraging your time. So two things are, number one, full competitor analysis. And then number two, getting real-time feedback for your followers, from your followers, fans, leads, and clients. So let's go with the first one, full competitor analysis. I believe a great balance in business is to both obsess over what your competitors are doing and also try to innovate and be unique in your marketplace. And that can be a paradox because if you want to be purely unique, sometimes obsessing over your competitors kind of encourages you to model them rather than be different, disruptive and unique. But you can learn a lot from your competitors. So I'll talk about both of those separately. So I speak to a lot of people who are starting a business or in a niche and they're like, well, I'm the best. My product is the best. Uh, And um, I think it's good to have confidence and volition of your product and service. But I think that's a bad mindset to be in because here's the reality. And you're not going to like this, but this is true. The reality is your competitors are better than you at something or some things in your business. And if you have that closed mind that, you know, they're rubbish or you're better than them or you want to defeat them. And, you know, they're a competitor. They're evil. They're Satan. I can't go near them. Um, I want to crush them then you don't have an open mind to learn from them. So, you know, a simple thing is look to be collaborative rather than competitive, which is not that easy in the competitive world um, of free markets and capitalism and and your business world. Um, But at the very least, watch what they do. Where are they marketing? What clients are they reaching? Um, Mystery shop them. You know, try and, don't go telling everyone this, but, you know, you could act as a lead or a client and go through their sales process and, you know, look at how they treat you and deal with you and look at their marketing collateral. uh, And is there anything that they're doing that you could model? Now, you could think that they're doing things well uh, and you could model those into your unique process. Probably in the early days, I probably did copy people. And you know what? That's better than doing nothing. But I like to think I'm at more of a, a higher plane than that now, where if there's parts of business, sales process, et cetera, 
um, that my competitors are doing well. I'll try and take what they're doing well and improve upon it. So Steve Jobs was famous for this. Uh, the mouse, he didn't design. Um, the, you know, the, the touch screen with the finger, he didn't design. There were things that were in uh, Xerox research centers that weren't getting used as he perceived it effectively. And he took things that existed and he gave them a better application or he improved upon them or he put the Apple values and concepts onto them. So you can do the same. So mystery shop your competitors. Watch what they're doing. Uh, be open minded to learn from them, collaborate with them. Take what they do and improve upon it. Not all parts, because the innovation is in coming up with new ideas and or going into other markets, which are non-competitive, completely separate markets, and then hybridizing or bringing in things that they do in other markets into your market. I love watching fashion documentaries. I've watched nearly all of them. And I try and get inspired and learn from um, some of my marketing strategies from, you know, things like Valentino and Alexander McQueen and Dior, etc. Okay. So Sam Walton built probably, in fact, I think at one point, Walmart were the, employed the most people in the world, something like 2.6 million people across the world. Whether you like them or not, nah, it's irrelevant. Um, because actually, for their downsides, you know, maybe a bit monopolistic, you know, sort of gobbled up the smaller um, companies, they had better prices, better products, better services, and more convenience. Employed more people, uh, created more economy. So what Sam Walton used to do is obsess over all the other stores. Even on his family holidays, he would go in all the other stores and look at what they're doing better, pricing, placement, you know, just their, their business model, the way that they dealt with their customers and clients, their service. And he would take all the best little bits out of all of these and bring them into Walmart. And that's what made Walmart was essentially um, a, a conglomerate of copies of all these different businesses, which made it. And he was he, he, he was proud of that. It, it, it wasn't like he didn't think that was bad. He was proud of that. I mean, the artist in me kind of doesn't really want to copy. So you take little bits and then you make your own unique flavor out of it. That's the first thing. If you if you do that regularly, you are going to ever evolve, ever innovate and ever improve in your product, your service, your business, your brand. And um, it's just so easy to do. Why aren't you doing it? The second, or if you have done it, why haven't you done it recently? The second thing is engage in the communities and in feedback with your clients and users and simply ask them, what should we start? What should we stop? And what should we keep? So I got this great little survey from, I think it was Scaling Up by Vern Harnish, an amazing book, by the way. You should definitely read that if you want to improve your business. And, you know, there's loads of surveys you can do and you can ask people loads of questions and it's really difficult to fill in and most people don't fill it in and it's a bit of a faff. Um, but if you say, hey, look, what should I start? That means what should I do that I'm not doing? What should I stop? I.e., what am I doing that's not very good? And what should I keep? What am I doing that you like that I should do more of? So if you regularly engage, even if you're just a voyeur watching your communities, how they discuss topics with each other. And if it's not yours, it's communities like yours, because you might start up and you might not have big Facebook groups, LinkedIn groups. You might not have loads of customers on your email database that you can communicate with. But you watch in other communities as a voyeur, communities that are like yours, maybe even compet in competitors ones. And you just watch what people are saying and asking and struggling with and wrestling with and arguing about and debating over. And you just pick off and solve those problems. And your future products and services become the solutions to the products that people are talking about a lot. So I spend quite a lot of time on social media. It's got to be a couple of hours at least a day. But I can justify that as a high income generating task because I feel like I'm in tune with my community. Now, I'm not from a sixth sense, some kind of woo-woo, mysterious, supernatural phenomenon in tune with my clients. 
I'm, if I am mostly in tune with my clients, and I get this a lot, a lot of people say to me, Rob, it's like you were in my office or it's like you could read my mind. Because I am voyeuring and involved, being involved in discussions with my followers, fans, customers, uh, and potential customers on a regular basis. So I can justify the time. I relax, spend a bit of time on social media, see it as a bit of downtime, learn about what my clients want, and then launch it. If I, have, if I ever launch a book, I always go into my communities first, and I ask them what book they would like me to write. I'll give them a choice. Book covers, titles for books. I crowdsource in the communities. Future products and services I build when I know there's been demand because there's been enough people talking about it. And that completely reduces your risk when launching a new product. It gives you this certainty to go big with the launch. Um, I mean, obviously, there's a million benefits from it. I don't need to list them all out. I'm sure you, that you get it. So I think I've made my point, but I just want to ram this home. These are simple things that you could be doing to make a big difference, get vastly improved products and services that have more sales, that have less risk, and they're easy to do. So you're only doing them because it didn't occur to you. Now they have. Or because you're getting overwhelmed with all these other complex things, which are taking time and energy, and you're not actually getting done, when the solutions are pretty simple. Model the traits of the greats. If you want to innovate, yes, you can come up with great, amazing ideas, but they're quite rare. Um, but you can also model the traits of the greats in completely different niches and industries. Obsess over your competition, watch from them, learn from them, keep an open mind about them. Take what they do well and make it better. What you do well, do better. And what others in an, an unrelated space do well, model. Then you create this unique hybrid because we're essentially we're all hybrids of people we've modeled and studied uh, in the past. That's step one. And then just continually iterate and improve your products and services. And step two is get engaged in your communities, crowdsource the solutions to the problems, and then create your products and services around them. Job done, nice and easy. Go and have a big, amazing, fantastic, disruptive day. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything.